this may not be what the creators intended, but like it can't be an accident that this is in there. Look, I remember it fondly because it had dinosaurs, <laughs> but I remember it unfondly for every other reason. The Black Donnelly's is pure gold, and you guys are wrong. Joey Ice Cream uh, for president. I'm just saying that selfie belongs in the Criterion Collection. Is it working? Uh, <laughs> no. Never, never has anything worked for me in my life, Ronnie. <laughs> Welcome to Ending Pending. I'm your continuing host. I'm Ronnie. I, I don't have a fun special thing that I am, but I'm JV. And my name means homosexual in the language of Adam, Val. <laughs> <laughs> I came prepared. You did I prepared. came prepared. I'll, I'll step in for JV and say... I, too, am a big fan of Judy Garland. Wink! And I'm Ronnie. Oh! Oh, that was incredible. Oh, that, that was JB? incredible. Well JB, done. JB, come on. I will, okay, I will pull something out of this. Um, really, I thought this was going to be a trip to the museum, and here y'all go trying to rob a museum. Great. I'm JV. <laughs> Perfect. Excellent. Nailed it. Oh, my God! <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> if you couldn't tell from those introductions, uh, Ending Pending is a podcast where we watch TV shows that only lasted a single season, uh, and then we talk about them. Uh, right now, we are covering uh, HBO's Lovecraft Country, uh, but before that, I've got a bit for y'all. Oh my god, you got a bit. I do have a bit. I do have a bit. I love bits. It's It's so, like... It's tough, like making up bits for this show because bits, the bits we do are like fun little, like you know, prompts. And and you think about it, and it's hard to like do fun little prompts based on the content of this show. Um, yeah. But the one that I thought of, and let me know if this is in poor taste. Uh, if if a if you could have your body inhabited by some creature <laughs> from folklore or mythology. Oh, uh, like what what creature would you pick and why? I oh, would argue boy. that JV and I would have a very similar, if not the same answer, and sure. that would be Jeff Jeff the mongoose. <gasps> <laughs> Am I oh, wrong? God. Am I wrong? You're right. You are right. I was it, my brain went immediately to what is the most chaotic fucking choice I could go with? Yes. And the answer yes. is Jeff the mongoose. That's Jeff the, the mongoose. that's the that's the tea. That's that's it right there. Ronnie, do you know Jeff the Mongoose? I've seen merch with Jeff the Mongoose, but I am I am unaware of Jeff the Mongoose's uh, whole shties. Okay, uh, JV, do you want to take it away, or do you want me to get into it? I uh, you probably remember it better at this point, but functionally, right. the um, general summary. <laughs> Jeff is... the Mongoose is. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh. Oh, sorry. The general summary is that Jeff the mongoose is a uh, well mongoose with a very big brain mongoose. Yes, uh, he's in your walls. He, he's hanging out in your walls and screaming things with uh, with, uh, with a human language, not not mongooseian language, such as uh, "I am the eighth wonder of the world. I will split the atom," um, and. He's just a little scamp. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sounds like he's just a little guy. 
Yeah, he's kind of a little scamp. If if you have ever listened to the 2016 album Spirit Phone by Lemon Demon, um, there's and an who amongst a, there's, us hasn't. And who amongst us hasn't, you know what I mean? Um, there is a song about Jeff the Mongoose called, uh, oh my God, I want to say it's called uh, Eighth Wonder. Because uh, he does, uh, canonically, in the real world, he has said, I am the eighth wonder of the world. Now, you keep saying things like, in the real world. Yeah. Um, I, th- I I don't know whether or not I want more context for that. Mm. I don't well, think you do. Okay, that's no. fair. No, I, that is a, I mean, that's why I asked. That's a very legitimate conclusion to make. What about you, Ronnie? Um, I feel like... Uh, I would want. <sighs> yeah, it's a tough one. It is tough. And it's, this is like, goes to show that like, I'm doing uh, this very much in the Andy fashion where it's like, I thought of this prompt as I walked up to my microphone and thought about it no more after that. Um, to uh, continue within a, a vibe. Uh, I, I feel like uh uh, Joaquin, not Joaquin Phoenix, Keanu Reeves. Why did I go? Why did I confuse the names Joaquin yeah. Phoenix and Keanu Reeves? It's uh, a lot of syllables. It right? is a lot of like very long e sounds, I guess. Um, yeah. Keanu Reeves. Uh, I believe Keanu Reeves to be a cryptid, uh, and a folklore creature, <laughs> and. Uh, he's he's always been around. He's always been in existence. He is ageless, and and um, I wait. Okay, I'm gonna say these words because I didn't think about these words before I uh said Keanu Reeves. But I this is the bit, so I have to commit to it. Uh, mm-hmm. I would like Keanu Reeves to inhabit my body. Um, okay. Yeah. <laughs> No, that, I didn't. That that's I didn't mean it like that. That is not what I was going for. But now that I'm here, I can't just take the exit. I can't. I cannot. I must commit. I must fully commit. Oh and I and yes I want, and yes. I want and. Keanu Reeves to inhabit my body. Yeah, mm. much like I want. Um, <laughs> I want Ryan Gosling dressed as Ken from the new Barbie movie. To oh my god! My body. Mighty. I totally get that. That's it. Fine. Gosh, to make almighty. a segue I, as much as I would want Jonathan Majors to. Uh, sure. uh, oh my god! Steam me these episodes. That yeah. that that middle one, strange case. There was so much sex in it. Yeah, there, there was, was like a lot of sex. Yeah, there's a lot of wild shit in that episode. There's yeah. a lot of wild we'll shit in that one. We'll get to that one, but we'll what a yeah, nuts. Uh, um, yeah, hmm? yeah. So I mean, let's let's just dive right in. I was hoping that these recaps might go a little quicker because so much has already been established by previous recaps. Absolutely. But then episode yeah. three comes in. It's like nope, nope, more to establish. Uh, or episode six, that is the third episode that we watched. This episode we watched episodes four, five, and six. Uh, yeah. For those of you listening, um, and boy howdy! Uh, oh my god! They uh, when I say they establish things, you know, the show built up a certain amount of earned credit. And trust, and it really took advantage of me, Ronnie. Uh, <laughs> personally, personally, it said, "Ooh, Ronnie, you feel comfy here? I'm gonna fuck you up. Let's let's oh, do this no. thing." Get a little messy. 
that all of that said, I do want to add just at this current moment a content warning for yeah um for people for the for the next for like well I guess realistically for five and six specifically yeah in that um in that uh well sexual assault's going to come up it yeah. it has mm-hmm. to by nature mm-hmm. and uh yeah so just just know that discussions of blood and gore there. and body horror yeah um death and yeah yeah i mean the it is the show <laughs> uh, oh sorry yeah. anyway i will i will not say baby every time you're good every you're time good there's a baby sound. here yeah, we have a new, uh, we have a podcast, like another, like we're, JV and I are the guest hosts, and then we have a guest guest host, yeah. who is Baby. It's a baby. Yeah. It's a new podcast yeah. mascot. It's it's a child that I promise has not been present for these episodes of Lovecraft Country, but will be present for one third of the discussion of them. There's no yeah. heads, there's no headphones for Baby, so Baby's really going to miss out on a lot of the context, but that's Oh my it's god. It's good for it's baby. Fine. Yeah, it's yeah. fine. Yeah. They're going yeah. to. To that end, so I had sort of pulled up because I because it went well last time and I figured it'll save room for discussion this time. I figured pulling up the summaries was a good idea. Yeah. Also because mm-hmm. I do not know how I would begin to explain sure. the third episode otherwise. Like I just yes. I I don't know. Um Okay, so I I'm more than willing to read all three of them. That is perfectly fine. I just wanted to offer if anyone else wanted to as well. Nah, take um, it away, JV. You you got okay. this handled, yeah. and you can add in your editorialization where you feel appropriate and necessary. I don't want to. I don't want to hamper you by any means. Take take it away. All righty, let's go. Okay, so episode four. It's called a history of violence, which is fun because. The majority of it weirdly <laughs> takes place in a museum. Sorry, it's name. history of Good violence. Titling. It's fun. <laughs> history of violence. Here's the most fun mis- thing about a history of violence. <laughs> uh, so Montrose learns that uh, Titus Braithwaite's pages from the Book of Names are stored in a vault in a museum in Boston, where Braithwaite donated a wing to his career as an explorer. Montrose tries to hide this information from Tick as he wants his son to stop pursuing magic. Be- like, which I'll be honest, as a thing, as uh, just wanting somebody to not do that is a weird thing to like try. But fine, I get it. Sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> but he eventually relents and goes with Tick and Letty to the museum. Um, they are joined by. Um, they're joined by why am I spacing on Hippolyta and D? Yeah, Hippolyta and D. Hippolyta, yes. Join them on this uh, on this trek because it is Hippolyta's car. Um, <laughs> sort of required. It is Hippolyta's car. Um, so, right, okay. They managed to break into the vault. Um, this is a. I appreciate that the summary is like just skipped through <laughs> that whole thing, but oh, then also they're joined by like another dude who we met earlier at the garage tree. in like episode one. Yeah, tree, that's mm-hmm. him. So <laughs> they're joined by tree as well. A uh, tree tries to hit on Letty, that doesn't work, and then 
<laughs> and then like uh Dre accuses uh accuses Tick of being gay. Sure, I guess. Why not? Oh, I thought he was he was like <laughs> you fruity and he's like no and he's like well your dad is fruity got him well yeah <laughs> it was it was the it was a bit of that as well um mm-hmm. that it was both of those things it was a weird choice but yeah. tree sure. is such a little like rebel rouser like, what, what a, <laughs> like what a dickhead my god he's he's simply just like around and just being like well my peepee is huge <laughs> Tree is a menace. Yeah, <laughs> Tree is a menace he, to society. <laughs> yeah, like he's. Oh I mean, he's not the. He's definitely not the antagonist. However, if there wasn't any evil mm-hmm. magic and white people and cops and it would be Tree, is what I'm saying. I don't Absolutely. know. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna to 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 bring Jonathan Majors back into this in a big way. I think we're going to go full circle Loki style on this and then go to like, oh. the final room and it's just going to be Tree hanging out. <gasps> being like, I've been pulling the strings the whole damn time. Oh my God! And they'll Honestly. be like, oh, Tree. And he'll make like, some reference about his just huge, huge dick. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that, and then, then the credits roll. That would be genuinely funny. I wouldn't love to fuck <laughs> Yeah. Anyway, they break into the vault, which takes it's it's not easy to break into this vault, mind you. They have to do a lot of things, but they do break into this vault. The, it's very the, the, Indiana. Oh God! No, okay. no, go ahead. All I was gonna say is very Indiana Jones, very Journey to the Center of the Earth, which they do bring up multiple times in the episode. Uh, oh, but but Baby did not love it. No, yeah, they. This review and also the show kind of yada yadas over getting into the vault itself. Uh, mm-hmm. That's kind of like a like a very quick thing, which like, I mean, much, much like we've talked about, any of these episodes could be like a full length film uh, about like this thing. And they're kind of like compressing it down into like anthology episodes. Um there's a lot of meat on this bone and I appreciate what they are like putting in the show and what they are kind of just like, eh, we'll just move past this pretty quickly. We'll just have like one line, like establish this so we can keep going. Um, Absolutely. It's done I, very I, elegantly and not clunky. I would say. Speaking mm-hmm. of meat on those bones, <laughs> the literally the next line is, and they find a desiccated corpse bent over the pages. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. That's exactly what happens. Um, when Tick tries to take them, the corpse reanimates into an Arawak two spirit named Yahima. Uh, Yahima tells Tick that Braithwaite kidnapped them and locked them in a vault after they translated a few pages for him. Um, they agree to leave with the folks from Chicago, um, with the Chicago contingent. I don't know why that's the way I Ooh! wanted to say that, but yeah, that's I fine. like that. Um, but the vault starts flooding during that Mm -hmm. and the four of them barely escape while sort of in the um in that sort of escape situation um letty does a really cool thing where she goes and she makes sure she grabs the pages before they you know all get flooded out which means she had to swim there and then get back into the elevator and then the elevator starts to go up yeah Hema starts screaming and uh to knocks out Yahima so that 
Behemoth will stop screaming. Yeah. <laughs> like siren esque screaming. Which yeah. Is, there you go. Yeah. It wasn't just um, she was she was she wasn't in hysterics and uh, took had to she, take care of it. She was uh, literally in pain, screaming, mm-hmm. uh, and could not stop. Yeah, likely to now, do something with magic. Now I forget Yahima. She her pronouns? I think the the review is using they them. Okay. In okay. this case, thank you. Uh, I was like, they're two spirit, and I just yeah. can't remember if they use they them, she her, he him, I all sorts the, of fun pronouns. I think the characters use she her. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay. But. I but I guess the reviewers decided otherwise. Um, yeah, which, good for sure. them. <laughs> yeah, I'm. I'm. I will stick with they them as I feel like that for in the context of this makes sense. Mm-hmm. But well, it won't really matter for very long because upon returning to Chicago, Montrose murders Yahima to keep the <laughs> to keep them from revealing more information about the pages. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, Sheriff Lancaster and Christina uh, sort of vie for control over the Chicago Sons of Adam Lodge. Uh, William, during this, uh, manages to seduce Ruby. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, Hippolyta and Diana go in search of answers about George's death. So to recap, just briefly, because our, our listeners have, have like asked for this mm-hmm. in the past. uh uh, Christina Braithwaite is Tick's like distant, distant cousin who's like the also a descendant of this like secret organization. Uh, she mm-hmm. has an accomplice named William, um, and uh, they're very creepy and weird. And Ruby they're is Letty's, very t- yeah, Ruby oh, yeah. is Letty's sister, yes, who is so... not involved in any of this magic going on and doesn't know. Not uh, yet. Any of these things, yes. And then episode five happens. JV, what happens oh! there? So okay. Ah! So episode five, strange case. Um, because it certainly the fuck is. Also, again, reminder about that trigger warning for this episode because Jesus Christ. Um, but anyway, uh, and so- lots of there's a lot of consensual and unfortunately non consensual sex in this. Yeah, it's not great. Um, so after sleeping with William, Ruby wakes up as a white woman, and <laughs> William reveals to her his metamorphosis potion. That. Oh, hmm? sorry. Oh, real quick. Yep. When she woke up and had her little fit, I was like, "What the hell is happening?" Yeah. And then I was like, "Okay." I need a breakdown. I I thought I I didn't know what was about to happen, but I was like, I need a breakdown of everything. I was like, did I miss something? Mm-hmm, it's explained mm-hmm. in like, the episode, but sorry, continue, yeah. JV. No, that that's that is a correct feeling there. That is a mm-hmm. very correct feeling on all of that. Um, they really did a good job of like the, the you know the writers and directors mm-hmm. like did a good job of like making me also be like, what the heck? Yeah. What the yeah. fuck? She's basically woken up in the body of the woman that was uh, sort of menacing to them in episode two. I was wondering if I thought that was who that was. Yeah, that was the same woman. Yeah. That was the same actress. Um, That was the same actress. It will, I, 
it, don't they will no more spoilers no yeah. more spoilers jv that that isn't much of a spoiler as we already saw her sure i will say <laughs> that'll come back up later that's just for now um metamorphosis potion woman from previous thing gotcha. um montrose tells atticus that he has taken care of yahima and destroyed the pages causing atticus to nearly beat him to death um just got real close there um Letty tells Atticus that she's afraid of his anger, but the two later in the episode reconcile and they, they, they fuck and it's rather consensually. Glorious. Uh, yes, yeah. consensually. It's it's rather hot. I'll be honest. Um, now I will say there's another moment where she confronts Tick, and she has a baseball bat, and I was like, Journey Smollett with a baseball bat! <laughs> we love this M- it's the MCU, except it's the J S W A B C U. J-S-W-A-B-C-U. Yeah, J-S-W-A-C-U. I already messed it up. So, Montrose then goes to, uh, is born in Sammy's apartment. I don't know why I said it like that, but that's fine. Um, <laughs> and this boy named Sammy. This boy named because Sammy's that's apartment. the 1950s. Uh, I'm a friend of of Judy Garland voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and proceeds to uh, have sex with him consensually. Um, I was gonna say it's rough, Sammy. but it's consensual. I, yes. I believe. Yeah. It it was definitely a thing of they they knew each other. This had been happening prior to this, but you know, seeking to exercise some demons and get that out in a very carnal, sexual way. Exercising yeah. demons via the dick. Anyway, um, Which... so <laughs> <laughs> sorry. As anyway, so <laughs> it's redundant. I feel like to even mention it like that, JV. Honestly, <laughs> I don't know. I just. It, it, I don't know. Anyway, as Tick works on deciphering the language of Adam from Letty's photos, Letty warns him that the use of magic is inherently evil and will corrupt him. Ruby decides to keep using the potion because white privilege. Um, and Hell of a gets drug. a job. I mean, yeah. Um, and gets a job as an assistant, or sorry, associate manager in a department store, the same one that she had been in, in I believe the first episode, it might've been mm-hmm. the second one, but one of those first few episodes where she was there and like looking around, like, I want to work here. So that's bad. been her motivation. Oh. This whole season has been trying to get a uh, sales clerk job at this department store. Right. Right. Exactly. And we found out in the um, previous episode that a, another woman, another black woman had gotten a job there. Um, and, yeah. uh, she was the Tamara. only black person there. Yeah. T- Tamara. Uh, and that would probably not like, they probably won't hire two black people is mm. what, like some context to that. So she goes back yeah. as Hillary. That's her white woman. Sona yeah. Hillary. Hillary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hillary Davenport. If I had had to come up with a bit, one of the bits I would have come up with is. What's your white woman sound? Oh, that's good. That's good. <laughs> but I, I'm I'm glad that that didn't come up. That's mildly problematic, but also a little funny. Um. Anyway. 
so William then tells um then tells uh uh oh god then tells Ruby that um she has to perform a favor for Christina by planting a runic stone in Captain Lancaster's office. Um Ruby reluctantly does this and while doing so she discovers an imprisoned man who has been wildly tortured um and learns that Captain Lancaster has a partially black body by which we mean um that uh there's been well calling back to one of the previous episodes um with that dude it, it who was doing creepy ass shit in the basement of his house um mm-hmm. that that's what that's tying into um god this show yeah experimenting right? and yeah it's mm-hmm. it's pulling some shit um so later on ruby witnesses her very white boss paul attempt to sexually assault tamara um Boo. yep awful and then ruby goes back to the house to talk to christina and christina tells ruby to embrace her power at which point then ruby in the form of hillary returns to a meeting with paul at the store her manager um, yep and uh sexually assaults him in with a stiletto heel um mm-hmm. while also turning back into her actual self um which by the way is just like a very like the process of of the metamorphosis is so like visceral like these meat chunks like like peel off of you and there's blood everywhere it's very gross is gross as shit. Honestly, yeah. it was. I will be honest. Every single time I've seen it, it's been too fucking much for me. Oh I God. can't deal with it. It's Kier- too goddamn much. Kier- I had asked Kirsten to watch the show with me a long time ago, and the mm-hmm. the horror of it was just like, no, no, can't do it. And I was like, yeah, I, I don't think that I can't either, because that's like how I, as 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 this kind of a person, I need to like take care of somebody else in order to like face the horror head on uh which uh, you know i'll talk about that in therapy um (laughs) but but she was out shopping and came back for literally only for the uh sexual assault scene um with the and and she was just like the fuck are you watching I was like this is this is the show for my fun comedy podcast I would like to issue a, a, an apology to your entire family. Yeah, she deserves anyway, it. Uh, <laughs> sorry. Uh, um, so, uh, right. So after that, Ruby then goes back to William's house to confront him about what the hell he and Christina are doing in the basement. But as she's sort of doing that, William turns back into Christina that's right. Implying it has been Christina the whole the fucking whole time. time. Absolutely blew my mind. Yeah. Absolutely yep. shocking. And there was what this also, reveal. the metamorphosis of that was really like also, because mm-hmm. the, the visuals of that one were a little bit clearer. Mm-hmm. And like, oh, yeah. you could see the like her ugh. hands mm-hmm. come out of his back and like down his arm. It was, and, it was yeah. a lot. It was yeah. a lot. 
it was everyone was trying to crawl out of their skin in that moment me yeah. and christina braithwaite now uh, there is a christina thing braithwaite in- by icon <laughs> oh my god. Sorry, sorry. Oh my god. There is a thing that this uh that this whole thing doesn't mention, which is that throughout this whole thing, Montrose has been mm-hmm. um like Montrose okay. sort of journey. Montrose has been gay, yes, but also has not like sort of in, been like like fully embraced that the actual sort of lifestyle of it. And I believe Sammy is also a uh drag performer. Um and it's cool as hell. Right? Love mm-hmm. that. So Sammy uh it, Montrose is still around and Sammy is getting ready with um Monet Exchange. Yes. Uh, oh, we love to see her. Yes. And Shangela. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Got who the other one was. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, let me scroll up and find it. Yeah. Uh, Daryl well, Stevens. I feel really bad. I forgot about Daryl Stevens. Daryl Stevens, um, years ago had a show called Noah's Ark, um, which was a uh, he played Noah in Noah's Ark. The reason wow. that's important is that was the basically the black uh, the black version of Queer as Folk. Ah. it was great. Anyway, that was awesome. Anyway, so it was nice to see them. But then they go to a club and. They're dancing and performing, and you get to see uh, Montrose have a moment of queer joy, which is nice to see. Yeah. Um, but for some reason, this goddamn summary didn't want to include that. Yeah, that's kind of hmm. weird. Homophobic. It sounds like the summary. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds like the summary homophobic. <laughs> this actually. summary is homophobic. Um, at, at, <laughs> so then later on, Atticus manages to work on the a little bit more of the translation, and he translates something that. Um, like, I forgot what it specifically said, but it makes him call South Korea again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a calling. die. Oh, yeah. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. So he calls yeah. his, he, he calls uh, his former lover, Jia, uh, in South Korea. <gasps> and that brings us to the most Buckwild episode that we had to watch. Oh, I'm sorry. Whole- Listen, mm-hmm. this episode, I, I feel like this batch of three episodes are all three of them very buck wild next to each other. Yeah, you're, it's like oh, a yeah. roller coaster. Like you're well, it's like, wild because you 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 start. I mean, not every. This is not the intended uh, viewing experience of watching them in like three episode chunks. This is just how like ending pending has to do it. But for mm-hmm. us, you start off with like the Goonies uh, national treasure ass like uh-huh. journey to the center of the earth. And you're like, wow, uh, super fun exploration, super fun, like secret tunnels under the country. Wow. Awesome. And then it's just like, mm, you ready for some other cool stuff? <laughs> and then again, the show just takes advantage of me. Like yeah. the last, like episode five is body horror. Episode four was episode six, adventure still horror. Body horror. Yeah, yeah. Episode six is like body horror, but it, it episode six is Korean body horror for yeah. some reason. Like that's what we've like. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, it will no... just like body horror. Yeah, I mean it, it's regular body horror. Uh, but just you know, a different person this time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's for damn sure. Um, anyway. And we get a little backstory on 
Dia. Oh, yeah. Andrea and Tick as well. Um, yeah, yeah. So episode six, Meet Me in Daegu. In 1949, South Korea, uh, Gia is obsessed with, uh, well, what what was that woman's name? We've now said her name like multiple times and I just forgot. Judy Garland. Um, well, Judy Garland. Judy so she's Garland. Watching She's watching a Judy Garland film in the uh, movie theater, and that's like clearly one of those things that brings her great joy. Mm-hmm. Um, but while she's doing this, she's also studying to be a nurse um, who lives with her mother, who her mother is demanding that she uh, go pick up men to have sex with. Um, which... which sounds weird at first. Because it is weird. And then it gets weirder, yeah. Yeah. Um, I definitely interpreted the first thing, like the first mention of it as like, you need just a man in this house, you need to get married to bring honor back to our family. And I was like, okay, standard, you know, outdated, like, (laughs) tropes. This, I'm very prepared to watch. Let me me take a long drink of my water real quick. (laughs) Exactly. And then it takes a huge left turn. <laughs> does bring home a man and then kills him with her tentacle like nine tails <laughs> that project out of her body because she is a a a kumiho. Uh, or kumiho, I think is the pronunciation of that. I don't quite remember, but it is a nine she's a nine-tailed fox spirit, and she has to kill a hundred men before she'll become a human being again. Which is just awesome. Left turn. The biggest left turn I've ever seen a story take just out of nowhere. Just, and boom, here we are in Ninetale Fox territory. Yeah. It's also very visceral and very, very body horror. Um, Can I say, too, um, mm -hmm. and I don't, I guess we'll have to watch the rest of the series, and JV, you can correct me. Um, Mm -hmm. I like it doesn't seem really related to the events of like what's happening in America. It, it just seems just like, oh yeah, she she you know her stepfather was kind of a shitty guy, and her mother wanted to protect her, so she put this spirit in her. Completely unrelated to the other events happening in this series. Yeah, it seems it, and it kind oh. of is. Uh huh. Like it kind of is, but sort of in the vague way of like magic exists everywhere kind of like that's the thing that's the sort of connection there Mm -hmm. um so right so basically how how she got well i can i have a little bit almost want to skip over why her mom did this um but i also feel like that would be doing a discredit to the story um right yeah i did i did mention a little bit yeah, did mention a little bit. Uh, so, mom, after she had her daughter out of wedlock, um, mm-hmm. she married a man, and that man, unfortunately, trigger warning, <laughs> um, yep. that man was sexually abusing her daughter. Um, so, she mm-hmm. called upon a shaman and had this uh, this spirit, the kumiho, uh, put inside of her daughter to protect her um, from the abuse that she was suffering from, from her stepfather. Um, and that is kind of, you know, she killed him, 
Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yep. She killed him. And um, again, needs to kill a hundred men to uh be free from this uh this fox spirit this nine-tailed fox spirit yep that's uh yeah though the implications as the story goes on is that um is that the fox spirit is there but the daughter is gone the daughter (laughs) is like fully not in her body anymore like at all which oh boy Mm -hmm. oh dear oh no so i don't know what that would then mean if she did actually get to a hundred but um she well let's find the... out <laughs> well yeah um so in 1950 the korean war begins and jia works as a nurse um they try to smoke out a communist spy the americans r- arrest several nurses um mm-hmm. and atticus atticus is there because he was a soldier Right. And he executes one of the nurses. Uh, Jia's friend review, reveals herself to have been the spy. I got and... the vibe that this particular friend was a little bit more than a friend. I was going to say fruity. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> they were fruity. They Well, at least here's the thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the friend was fruity. I It felt like Jiha was fruity. G, yeah. Jiha was yeah. fruity for... The front. And, like, they don't really explicitly explore that, like, beyond some intimate touches and some music cues and something Mm -hmm. uh, stuff along those lines. But Mm -hmm. I don't know. I read it. I'm glad that I wasn't the only one, like, reading into it. (laughs) When they first introduced the idea of her being a communist sympathizer, like... I thought they were using, like, commie in the very, like, outdated American, like... Like right. using that as like code for oh. fruity, and then they immediately were like, "No, no, no! This is this is very seriously. She's communist, and maybe the yeah. show is playing with that a little bit, but like it, it, you know, it, it yeah. quickly disabused. This was going to be like a fun, flirty way to like have this relationship. It was like, nope, nope, very scary, very anti-communist mm-hmm. uh, murder yeah. ideas." Yeah, and like it, it the reason I had assumed that it was, um, that it was a bit sapphic in nature, um, was due to the previous episode being very gay. Um, yes, like there was a lot of gay things in the previous episode, so mm-hmm. I had assumed that that was just like I'm watching them again close together because I did, I remember not quite getting that vibe when I watched these as they were coming out like week to week. Mm-hmm. So this one didn't quite have that same feeling back then, but it definitely did on this rewatch. And I, to the point where I almost was like, "Did I, like did they add scenes to this? Like after <laughs> it was re- like I they didn't, but I was like, did this feels weird? It feels like I like it felt it started to feel That's like foodie, isn't it? Yeah. It also it just had the feeling of like I like I watched this show in its entirety like two years ago. But the way that I guess my memory is worse than I thought because I don't fucking remember any of this. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a whole episode I was like, I forgot all of this. Um, I will so, say that it definitely feels yeah. intentional because before we yeah. know about, you know, why Jihad needs to bring men home and all about the Kumiho spirit, um, like, she is like very clearly disinterested in these men like at speed dating and things like that and like she 
clearly has a much greater bond with her fellow nursing students and and her friends that like you know it it the vibe feels very like oh like you know she's 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 in love with Judy Garland is what she ke- it keeps bringing up and that has its own like uh weight to it um and then like we realize like oh she's like maybe she's disinterested in men because she's had to kill uh 97 of them up to this point right um but then like Which- it, yeah, it, she's gonna it just, when she has sex with them yes um it the the intentionality becomes like you know even greater of like her finding maybe more comfort and more uh safety with these women because yeah you know she won't murder them when she yeah. like finds the love that she has with them which is a a a concept and philosophy of love that keeps coming up more and more through the episode yeah and speaking of uh love um so Gia decides to seduce Atticus um, in, with the intention of murdering that motherfucker for killing her friend. Mm-hmm. Um, but she falls in love with him instead. Yeah. And because of that, she's like, oh, shit, I can have feelings and shit. I didn't think I could have that. Um, yeah, it turns and- out she was kind of, I mean, I don't want to say turns out she was human the whole time because she definitely <laughs> has nine tails coming out of her body. Um, but but there was definitely some uh and i think there's an interesting um thought behind just like uh how sometimes like abuse survivors uh handle situations and sometimes they shut down um Mm -hmm. in like emotionally um and kind of feel like you know from experience you know feel like a monster or feel like unlovable Mm -hmm. and to see that you know, I I really enjoy that kind of parallel, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. as someone, again, who's gone through that uh, sort of situation. I like yeah. seeing that parallel. Um, anyway, just wanted to add that. Yeah. Continue, yeah. JV. Yeah. So the the next little thing that happens is because she because they have fallen in love with each other, I think it's safe to say mm-hmm. um, she believes that she can control her tales, uh, but they like during a particular sort of i believe it's this one is in the winter of mm-hmm. um 1950 um while she's having sex with Atticus there there's sort of like these little time cards that sort of explain like where we are along this sort of time um the earlier bit that we were just talking about was in the summer and now we've entered the winter of um 1950 um and they are they're having sex in this in this on this mountaintop, I believe. Mm-hmm. It looked like a mountaintop based on the surroundings. Um, and she has been able to control her tails for most of this time. They've had sex previously and he hasn't um, died. So there's that. But while she's having sex with him this time, her tails emerge and attack him. Mm-hmm. And when they attack him, this whole time, every time she does this, she absorbs and sees the visions and memories that the um that the person that she murders has um and with this one it's a little bit different because she manages to stop them from killing him but like continues to see past that point showing that he still had a future um Mm -hmm. so it's more of a i'm seeing the entire story of this person but most of their stories sort of end right there but this one continues on um, so she sees a vision of his future and she t- 
tells him because she sees something very scary and says he will die if he returns to America. Um, Atticus is freaked the fuck out, logically, um, and ends the relationship and runs out of the house. Um, Gia and her mother go back to the um, to the uh, to the shaman person lady um, who tells them that countless more people will die um, before uh, Gia becomes a human again. So, yikes. And that's the end of that episode. And that's the end of the three episodes that we watched for this. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Boy, howdy indeed. Um, So, uh, hey, Ronnie. Uh, Yeah, JV. Did these uh, episodes work for you? correct sound that's yeah. the correct sound right there My i was like God. i was trying to as as i was uh trying to like uh comfort kirsten about like hey this is also like i'm not watching this because like i'm getting my jollies from it this is also difficult media for me to consume i was trying to explain to her this kind of thing where it's like mm-hmm. i I I I find myself, and maybe this is something that comes across in the show. Like my whole my whole shtiz is that I uh, put like stuff into the show that isn't there. I've got a lot of head cannon, and I think it mm. like I just have a harder time really seeing the intended vision the first time through. And like I I end up like reading a lot of Wikipedia articles and think pieces about like a lot of shows I watch because I think sometimes it goes over my head. Um, and it was so blatant and and explicit in those first three episodes, and now it's a little bit more subtle. But it's also so so much scarier, and oh, so yeah. like that is like numbing my, you know, making me a little bit less able to like comprehend what is happening as we're discussing it. I'm feeling a bit more of like understanding the metaphors at play and understanding a bit maybe more of what the the artist intended. Um, but yeah, that first watch through, uh, I, I, I think it is working in just like the story that they are building and and growing to. And like you know, before we were talking, Val, you you said like th- this is compelling and it and it's definitely moving the forward story forward and progressing things in like very intense ways. Um, did I enjoy watching these episodes? I don't <laughs> think I did um fair <laughs> uh for you know I, I i am a scaredy cat like that is that is well documented uh horror is not my thing but like on top of that like gosh just like real for uh, for all like the the nice moments and the moments that were like very heartwarming and hopeful and like you know queer joy and like finding security in a relationship with both uh tick and letty um there were there were enough where i was like gosh yeah this is this is this is this is a tough pill to swallow. Um, I, I, I will say it is working, but that does not necessarily denote that. Like, yeah. love this cool, fun, uh, spooky show. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's working, but yeah, oh, that's shit. that's my very roundabout, <laughs> long way of saying like, yes, this this works. Like on in a very like technical sense, this is working story wise. 
but boy howdy, I, I I need to see more of this to like cleanse the palate a little bit. Yeah. It's working, but you're on thin ice, Lovecraft Country. Yeah. <laughs> Which, like, again, it is not for me to say that this is not the right way to do this show. Like, I, it's just like I, my sensibilities were very just like, ooh, 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 need need to come down a little bit. Um, yeah. Not not a critique. Again, not it, it's just you know my cup of tea. Um, that is very. Hey Val, what's up? You you watched these three episodes of, of HBO's Lovecraft Country, and you know I do gotta ask it. Uh, do they work for you? Uh, yes, a hundred percent. Um, in fact, I I'll be honest. I think these were all like like I feel like the first three episodes were definitely like the setup, and like mm-hmm. that was great. But I feel like this is like the meat and potatoes of uh, like we're getting into it, and now we're seeing yeah. this kind of. Uh, anthology horror you know we're, we're really I mean we got that at the end of the third or near in in the third episode too but like we're really really picking up speed on this like uh this horror element and the story like I'm interested in this like main plot that's happening I'm interested in all the side characters I'm interested in like I'm interested in ev- with everything that's happening in this world right now and um, I say this as someone who for a very long time um, was kind of like, I, I was also very much a big scaredy cat, Ron. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, you know, over the pandemic, I really kind of reconnected with horror media. And so I think this is such a, a cool love letter to the genre. I think it's taking back, you know, it's taking back horror for people who maybe i mean it's it's quite literally lovecraft country and lovecraft was like a huge bigot and it's Mm -hmm. taking back horror for the people who love horror who maybe don't get to see themselves in horror that often Mm -hmm. and it's unapologetically black unapologetically like queer um it's very it's and like just the stories are so insane yeah it's it's like i'm like every turn i'm like what are you kidding me what the hell like (laughs) like it's yeah yeah it's it's genuinely surprising me and shocking me especially you know the two episodes of um uh strange case and meet me and daegu uh, uh, uh like next to each other is such a compelling and then next to the adventure story you mm. know very indiana jones very journey to the center of the earth like it is working for me i think better than the first three episodes that we watched together um and i can't wait to watch more i'm a, I, I keep kind of being on the edge of my seat like ah i gotta watch it for the podcast but dang you know um <laughs> uh, this is fascinating um thank you for asking oh jv Hey Val, yes. I have a a silly little, funny little, freaky little question for you. Are these? Uh, Ooh, yes. Are these uh working for you, baby? Oh boy. So okay. On rewatch this time, um, the fourth one. Mm, yes. The fifth one. No. And the sixth one, 
yes. So mostly yes, so I will go with yes, but uh, that Thin Ice comment, I will make that to Lovecraft Country. You are on Thin Ice. <laughs> thin Ice on some of these. On some of these. I, the, I remember at the time when this happened, um, the one of the main issues that I had with the show, like the issue that I like went to Twitter about um, was episode four. Um, because the way that Yahima was handled just really made me viscerally upset. Um, That's fair. Which That's fair. was the point. Like it was supposed to make me upset, but it also, I think did that in a way that just felt really exploitative, but also the whole the entire system that put her there was already exploitative and fucked up. So, like, I I get why it was like that. Mm-hmm. But it just, like, it it rubbed me the wrong way. But also the, cre- the creator and writer literally apologized for that specifically. Mm-hmm. Like, didn't apologize for anything else in the show, but apologized specifically for the that portrayal being done in a way that was messy. Even though, I will say... I don't know that a great many shows would have also gone out of the way to actually hire an actress who, like, is Two Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, and the actress, I believe, uses um, she, her pronouns. So there's mm-hmm. that. Um, the actress um, who played this character is, is Two Spirit. And from, I believe, the general approximation of the, like, same, um, of the same sort of, tribe as mentioned in as mentioned in the story um like from that same region though granted that is that was a um a specific sort of tribe that from research i've done separately just um was one that traveled a fair bit Mm -hmm. so is one that had like was rather spread out but um at the I, so it, I'm still conflicted on that one for that particular reason because on the second watch, it was less, it was less stark and less, like it was understandable, a little bit, to the point where the murder almost a little bit seemed like a mercy, because mm-hmm. she had been not allowed to die for so long, and the I... rest of the tribe was dead so it was almost a a reconnecting with the tribe based on like just the way that she explained how she was there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i think there's definitely a way that they could have done that if that was their intention um to make it like kind of a mercy kind of thing yeah. but it was it was played like an execution like it was played it was. very like it, mm-hmm. it to your point like it is it was done messy and in mm-hmm. a, in a way that didn't really feel like it it produced much agency for that character there is a lot of ways they could have done that in a different way and gotten that result uh, mm-hmm. a bit better um or at least a way that would have come across a lot um i, I, I hesitate to say cleaner but more yeah. more uh you know giving that effect uh they didn't they definitely did not yeah yeah it was a swing and a miss y'all it was a swing and a miss on that one yeah i have to agree with that for sure yeah they they tried misha you tried honey you mm-hmm. really tried with that and it oh honey oh, because honey. you have you have montrose oh. who 
who himself has been like the victim of a ton of abuse and yeah um and and horrible treatment over his lifetime um and and is seeking some kind of escape from this uh life quote unquote and there could have been that like parallelism there but even the show like narratively is just like no i'm just protecting my son like i'm just like keeping him safe and it's like that's you don't you don't just get like full credit for for that like you don't get off easy for just that being the cause yeah you know and another thing too is just like they could have easily added in something to make it like a little bit clearer or work a little bit better like Mm -hmm. you know a few lines of exchange of dialogue a a Mm -hmm. short scene you know and there's some stuff in that episode that in my opinion could definitely be cut uh, to mm-hmm. make room for that, but yeah. it yeah. was a very, oh, gosh, for sure. a very um, uh, cut and dry. Excuse that oh, God. specific. Oh, God. oh, gosh. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> uh, but, but unfortunately, I do think it was a very cut and dry like portrayal. Yeah, no, I, I it, like just the they, way that it was handled. Yeah, you're they right. They chose maybe. shock oh. value over. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, uh, not well done cinema or, or cinematics, but like chose shock value over like delicately handling this complex situation. Yeah, right. yeah. Which is like Misha Green. Oh, Misha Green at the time said um, specifically one of the one of the things she said was the point of that was to sort of include the thing of like the oppressed can still be an oppressor to another group. Um, was the point of including that at all Um, and then was like I understand that I also missed uh, what I was intending on doing and I didn't do it well and hence the apology which I that it still didn't work for me but it was still one of those like okay I can at least understand that that Mm -hmm. and I appreciated that apology it is not mine to accept but I at least understood that bit Mm -hmm. there it, yeah. I it think call- that message is one that makes sense to include, but it, yes, it was done. for sure. And I appreciate yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it calls up one of like the real positives I have about this show in general is like value talked about like the surprises and things like that. Um, where like this show uh, is very like sticks to the ending pending philosophy of like spoilers don't matter. Like spoilers are are, are kind of like uh, very nebulous and it's more like the journey it takes to get there rather than like spoiling the twist at the end um yeah. i feel like any of these episodes without their little like surprise twist at the end would be full like if if we had episode six or episode five strange case without the twist at the end that william is christina braithwaite like i i wouldn't feel like we missed out on something but right. we still get these like surprise twist endings and it like it doesn't the episode doesn't hinge upon that, but it does like add context and add more padding to it in a in a very like fulfilling way. Whereas like this twist at the end, this shock value twist of what Montrose did um, to Yahima, it it doesn't it doesn't add as much to the narrative other than like just a complex stumbling block um, yeah. in 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 like um, the path of of Tick. Um, so it's a good thing it's a good like these shows typically these episodes typically like have full episodes and then like a little you know thing at the end 
Uh, but this this one was not was not that was not the same as what they have been doing this whole time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that I agree with. I think, huh? One of the things that I think is interesting about this show that I haven't like mentioned up to this point is like looking at the people who actually directed the individual episodes. Um, like so, Misha Green is the one who wrote the teleplay for this, um, mm-hmm. and I I directed one episode. I think, yeah only directed one episode and that episode is episode eight which we haven't gotten to yet um but looking at this and looking at who directed what i i'm just like just checking who directed four because i wanted to wanted to sort of if nothing else know at least a little bit about the identity of the person who sort of like decided that this was going to be the way that that was going if that makes sense like i just wanted to sort of see who um, also you have to consider like a writer's room too yeah 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 a writer's room for this episode in particular it was just it was like hold on let me double check that the story was by somebody named Wes taylor which i do not know any more about said individual i know nothing further about that person i simply know that they were involved in the story aspect of that um which it, interestingly, looking at the book that this is based on, um, okay. episode five was actually a thing that was in the book, mm-hmm. but and uh, to some extent, part of um, like part of episode four was as well. Ah, okay, but not all of it. Um, but also, yeah, it's like also when you. When you kind of translate, and, you know, I kind of noticed this a little bit, too, with Gia, like, just, like, certain tropes and stuff that, you know, we have to consider, Um, uh, you know, when you translate from a book to television, you could, that's when you fix things that aren't working, and that's when you revise things that, you know, maybe an audience who's reading it doesn't really pay attention to, but, like, an audience who's viewing it will. and that's, you know, it, it's it's the kind of care that you need to take with, you know, all, all of your characterizations. Uh, and I think this is a, a great show that shows a lot of really interesting character dynamics and interesting, like, personalities throughout and, like, has an interesting story. But at the same time, you know, it's it's got room for critique. It's got room to, to, to be fixed and grow, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I am I'm trying to see if I'm trying to see actually if Gia was in the book because it it's one of those things where I'm like, that's a character that I feel like you should probably like where I feel like that would have warranted some type of um some type of a conversation before choosing to add just an entire additional mythology that like was not there before. Right. Um I, I will mention that but, Wes yeah. Taylor um uh, it ha- has written for a few different shows billions narcos mexico it, it narcos mexico uh hit and run but i also wanted to say too that when i googled west taylor the first person that came up was wesley taylor who was a broadway actor who was plankton on the broadway spongebob musical yes, and i was course. like hang on hang on hang on same guy and it was not the same guy, but I was like, for a second, I lived in a world where Plankton wrote that episode of, of Lovecraft Country. 
God, to live oh, in that because to live in that microsecond of a world that that was yeah. in. That's, that's oh, what my, I want to be. Oh my God. Ugh. Okay, Jiha is a is a show edition. Okay, interesting. That's In- some wild shit. To yeah, I'm I have... like, wow. I mean, okay. Yeah, Fuck. I, have, I I wanted to say that Gia is like a very interesting character because I think that um she's got some very fun like personality stuff like with the movies and Julie Garland and mm-hmm. but that she still falls into specific tropes um and uh, for for Asian women and I feel like uh. That wasn't great either, but um, I just wanted to touch upon that too, since we were kind of talking about that um, with uh, Yahima. Um, just like, you know, this show, uh, I, I think, does such a great job with not falling into tropes with um, their uh, Black characters and mm-hmm. like making them fully well-rounded where I feel like a lot of shows will like throw in a Black character and kind of, you know, have them be a stereotype or a trope. Um, and this is so the opposite, uh, uh, than from like a lot of (laughs) major movies and media, but I still think the show does have a little bit of work to do with, um, some of the, of the other races that were featured and like analyzing like tropes and stuff like that. So, I mean, white people do be evil though. Ah, oh yeah no oh, my God. if that is the central thesis like cosine yeah yeah baby cosines oh. baby cosines yahima is actually a thing that was added in oh boy i feel sad about that yahima was added for the book that was the whole thing i've been trying to look up she was added for added to the show and not in the book not in the book so that is okay the okay um so there, there, there are answers on that um uh, disappointed which, to hear uh yeah yeah again it's a swing and a miss and it could it could be done better and i i think mm-hmm. at the very least with this i would i would take the i i feel confident in the thought that like oh th- at least this writer's going to take the note and like yeah. not fuck this up in the future to include um, uh, indigenous people simply as like a MacGuffin for like mystical translator, like yeah, not great, mm-hmm. not not excellent, yeah. yeah. And 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 uh, brings even starker to light the way it was just like the way she would. I, I think that gives gives license to say like she was just fridged like fully, just like. Oh, yeah. I mean, not even because not even given like enough characterization to really uh, just a prop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Yeah, I don't like that. Um, I will say that actor phenomenal performance, though, like Mm -hmm. just like uh, I was blown away by the just quality of the actual performance itself. Like if I felt like all of the emotions and all of the feelings and all of the like just rage that would be inherent in this character that is fully justified in being there. I feel I I, like felt it even more upon this rewatch. Like it was just so wonderfully, like wonderfully done in that Mm -hmm. way. There's not a bad performer on this show. There's there's, there's no character real. where I'm that's, like, yeah, eh, this person could like you could have like slotted somebody else in, in here and like you would have gotten the same effect every single 
uh, performer on this show brings exactly what is needed mm-hmm. to each character in each mm-hmm. scene. Yeah. Except Shangela, but we knew that. No, just kidding. I'm just throwing shade at <laughs> Oh my god, no the sh- <laughs> Yeah. I'm gonna not get us in trouble. Shangela, I was joking. That was fully a joke. Shangela, if you want to sponsor Ending Pending. <laughs> oh god. Also, in case the listeners don't know, Shangela and also uh, Monet Exchange were both on RuPaul's Drag Race. Anyway. Yeah. And are famous drag queens. Yeah. Um, They're famous anyway, Yeah, though I will say in this show, uh, the th- one thing that I actually thought was really interesting in terms of like who those three were playing, uh, Daryl Stevens, Monet, and um, um, and uh, and uh, Shangela, they were playing um, Lena Horn. Shangela was Lena Horn. Mm-hmm. Uh, Monet Exchange was Dinah Washington, who uh, famous singer from. Yeah. The fifties, I think, um, and uh, Daryl Stevens, Billie Holiday. Yeah, I just like that. That's what, that. That's who they're listed as playing. It just like brought me a lot of joy to see that. I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. nice. yeah, you love hey. to see it. And yeah. honestly, I, despite its faults, uh, I still think that Lovecraft Country is like just knocking it out of the freaking park. You know, it 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 did. It absolutely did. It the I think that like having the middle three episodes not go well is a thing that a lot of shows do. Um, right. I and... don't really know how like I like I would basically the fix that I would have done is maybe don't add the people that weren't in the book or, fix or the or ones take... that were there, but like don't. Add I was going to say ones. take a little bit more care with them. You know? Yeah, but also... I also don't. I also know that, like, as we talked about last time, this book written by a white man. And so, like, mm-hmm. I don't want to say, like, nah, just stick to what this person has given you to work with. No. Right. Uh, but, no. yeah, just like, take better care. Oh, take yeah. better care. Um, yeah. I also want to say, again, I still think these episodes whip and fuck. <laughs> <laughs> it's fair. And I don't, I, 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 maybe, like, I don't think that conflicts with, with my, like, assessment of everything either. Like, I think that these, that is a fully, like, reasonable thing to feel about these is just mm-hmm. my my take is is colored very much by my bias and my like yeah. uncomfortableness and i maybe on the next watch if there is a next watch of these episodes <laughs> i will feel similarly there but there's also a ton to love uh about right. these three um, yes hmm. they're okay one of the things that i will say is uh, the about five a thing that i dislike it's mm-hmm. it's not that I dislike uh it's not that I dislike a a revenge story, specifically a a assault revenge story. It's that I don't like the way that this one did it because mm-hmm. what it was functionally doing during that scene was trying to get me to root for somebody who was violently assaulting somebody. Yes. Because of both racism and also like this person having been an like having been a like predatory to another person in a previous like in literally the previous scene mm-hmm. so in theory i'm supposed to just sort of be on board with this but like no yeah <laughs> the answer to be... that is simply no uh, I, I don't i don't think they uh, per, like and mm-hmm. I, I will say this i don't think i've i've seen it done well enough uh where sexual assault is the response to someone else being sexually predatory 
like yeah. the revenge being sexual assault. I've never seen a, a version of it done that I liked. Um, Probably because it can't be. Because yeah, it's I, I was gonna say I, concept. You know, I, I, I'm not yakking folks' yums, but if that's your yum, maybe go. You know, uh, talk to someone therapy? about that. <laughs> um, maybe intensive therapy at that point. I I well, just you gotta know. say at that point that's it's a mm, no. Well, and, you um, know, I can understand where some people might feel like feel <laughs> empowered by that. If they've been yeah. through something similar, but it's not who I am. Because um, I also felt, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, why did they do that as the resolve of like, you know, of this? Like, I get it. I uh, mm-hmm. like, I get Ruby's mindset from seeing that to, to kind of leaping to that situation. But I was like, man, literally anything else, literally kill this man. <laughs> Yeah, and literally, had she just slit his throat, I would have been fine. Yeah, like I exactly. would literally have been like, "This is actually a perfect episode." I would have enjoyed the fuck out of that. But right. because that's not the way that that went, and it went in a way that like they just went too far in the sadism uh, realm of everything. Like, okay, one of the things that occurs during this scene is that. Um, is that uh, at, in the form of Hillary, um, she's being she's being a bit of a a bit of a dom, um, which <laughs> I kind of like. Um, You're like I'm putting great. my hair behind my ears. Yes, <laughs> that was nice. Um, that was that part was kind of nice. Just auto, just on that level it was, you know, I liked that a little bit, um, and I liked seeing Ruby particularly be able to take that admittedly in the form of Hillary but like I liked seeing her like just sort of own that a little bit where it lost it for and like that could have continued and did continue for a bit even Mm -hmm. like forcing the dude to kneel and I was like that I'm like okay bitch yes we're going to yes honey okay and I'm like oh no yeah oh no now you've gone and now you're gone and fucked it up. God damn it. Like, it just. Just <laughs> kill him. Like, uh, like, just. Like, or even just humiliate him in mm-hmm. some way. Mm-hmm. Like, that isn't as violent as this. But, like, right. it was just, like, it went too far in a specific, like, way for me. Like, even if she had sort of transformed back into who she was and humiliated him in like a similar ish way that wasn't as violent or and then and even then killed her I would have been like this is actually the thing that we've wanted this whole time that makes sense this is we're on the same page here but this part that that whole thing uh it just it goes it went too far and made me yeah. upset but otherwise that like I still love this show. I just, the, the, these three episodes, or rather, I should say, episode five is one that I think if I do a rewatch, I'm going to skip. I don't think I'm going to skip four because I, most of, most of episode four, I enjoy. I even enjoy introducing this character. I just don't like the bit where then this character is murdered. Um, like, and mm-hmm. then all of episode five, I don't realistically need to see all that much. Like, there's a lot of plot related things that are kind of important in five, but like 
they're not fully that important. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, it's the scenes involving, like, learning the language of Adam that I think were were important there. But I could have, like, left most of the Hillary storyline just there. But I don't know. That one, it's, I don't know. Though I think one interesting little little fun fact is that um, Christina didn't exist in the book at all. This is not. Um, hmm. They're just throwing people yeah. in there now. Like, yeah. there instead, there was somebody named Caleb. Okay. Um, which I thought was an interesting choice. I don't hate the choice. It made it made sense to me to add that in a way, like to it made sense. Well, not that it makes sense to just have. It makes sense in the way of like, sure, turn this person who was originally a dude in this story into technically now two people. Um, in that, like, Caleb is now both William and um, is now both William and uh, uh, Christina. Christina, yeah. Mm-hmm. Also, William is not a Braithwaite. Is not a Braithwaite. I should clarify. Right. Um, I was gonna say, aren't they like? <laughs> didn't Christina and William like hook up? I'm kind of they, confused about that whole thing. Um, I don't, former we'll, henchman and lover. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't. And lover. I don't feel like I remember. Like I, I was thinking back. It's like, have I seen them in the same place? Like I, I, I'm. I don't know. I thought we did at one point, but I guess we'll find out, right? That's yeah. the yeah. point. Yeah. I was gonna say this episode is now an hour and eighteen minutes. So. <laughs> Well, there we go. I mean, I don't know that I have much else to, like, real, realistically say about this. Like, I think um, there was some level of, like, there was some level in 6 that I actually, I'll be honest, most of 6 I did enjoy, even the bits that, Jesus, there's something real low flying, like, just next to my house. I don't know what that is, but it's, like, really weird sounds. Anyway, it's fine. Sorry. Um, but, uh, there's, I, throughout, I actually really enjoyed, all, like, almost all of Six with the, a couple sort of tropey things in there that I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't like that in most stories, but, like, even here I understand at least that it served a point in this story, kind of? Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know, but there was something about, like, I, I like... I like Gia as a character. I just, I think that she's fascinating and I wish I knew more about her. That mm-hmm. is all. I, I I wish that episode weirdly was longer. I don't know mm-hmm. why. I, like, that's that's not a thing I ask of in a show that's like an hour. Like, I almost would never think to ask for that in a show that is already an hour long. I get like, you. It's a long thing. But at the same time, like, I... There's something about her. It's interesting. Ooh, I, I guess we're going to find out. Yes. There's so much about this show that, like like I said, I am is going way over my head right now. And maybe in, like, second watches and some think pieces uh, being read, I will, like, have a better appreciation for it. Um, things like the juxtaposition between, like, magic and white privilege in episode five and like how Ruby talks so much about like, like, is it harder to be black? Is it harder to be a woman? Like what, you know, she, she is like trying to sort this out 
And then at the end of that episode, like even the white woman um, that she like was the pinnacle of what she was. Christina Braithwaite still had that and needed to be a man in in certain circles and in certain circumstances to to achieve what she wanted. Like there's so much to be said about that. And with Jihad being a monster who like was like people were trying to change her and erase her and like it 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 calls into question more of this show of just like the monsters that we commonly associate with horror and would be the end of this in a horror movie that was like like you said Val that was like a traditional movie that hadn't reclaimed a lot of like the representation from other people who enjoy the genre um but she has the most humanity of anyone in that episode and, and anyone um, in, in much of the show, like the monsters are not the scary part here. Of course, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the horrifying uh, reality of, of uh, the world and racism and um, the extremes of that. Um, yeah. Like when her tales come, like, actually, I think that's a, that's a great point. Like when, when her tales reveal themselves, um, it, the last for the last time that we see them um at least in this episode when like um she's like having sex with Atticus and like enjoying herself and like feeling the love of all of that and the tales start to emerge m- the reaction that you feel is not so much like it, it's more of a oh god oh no yeah of a like oh i'm so sad for both of them if a- first of all if Atticus dies i'm going to be sad sure but like I'm sad for her because things seem to be going in her favor. And like, we want that for her mm-hmm. by that point in the episode. And like, I, which is, which says a lot about, again, the, like the monster, the thing about this show is that again, the monsters in this are, are human in every sense of that phrase. Right. Like the, mo- <laughs> the monsters are quite literally human in that they have human emotions and human feelings and all of that. But literally, the monsters in a more like general, like um, archetypal sense, are the humans of this story. Yeah, are oh, yeah. like mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. soldiers that are coming into this place and being racist and killing a bunch of people just yep. because. Like yeah. that's the that's the part of the story where I'm like, ah, yes, the monsters are the um, American soldiers functionally throughout this whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like that's the that or even the monsters are these men in the stupid bar during that one scene because I thought that during this dating thing which also felt deeply relatable and that might also be the thing that I uh that I enjoy about about Gia as a character is doing when she's in that speed dating scene oh um, my god yes like that's just so fucking relatable like I just I it's the Oh, if that's not the experience of being on either Grindr or like, or any of the dating apps, honestly, like, I don't know what a better parallel for that is. It felt exactly like that. Of even you, when you do start to have a good conversation, that person will still mark a little X on your card. You'll never hear from them again. So <laughs> true. Yep. God damn it. Anyway, so that I don't know, relatable kind of, but mm. the feeling of also that feeling a little bit of like trying to mimic human emotions because you're not sure if you can have them is also a whole other that was a whole thing that she mentioned during that like during that sequence of like 
her friend sort of explaining, this is how you woo somebody. And then she immediately tries to do that. Mm-hmm. That was also just beautiful, beautifully filmed. My God, this whole thing is wonderfully, beautifully filmed. Even the parts that are gross and disgusting. I'm like, oh, I don't want to see this, but it's filmed well. Um, <laughs> they did the filming well, um, which I guess I, that's the, one of the baselines that I sort of require is I sort of need for the filmography to actually, or like the, uh, not filmography, but the, the, um, cinematography. cinematography. Thank you. Cinematography to actually like be there. And I think that the show like delivers that. Oh, that little sound of approval means that I, I was correct. <laughs> but yeah. Um, Val, any, yeah. any uh, other thoughts? Any, I think I said what I needed to say, you know? <laughs> oh, I did have one more little thing. Hit it. Queer joy. About queer joy specifically. So interestingly, I watched the, the first two of these episodes last week, like last Friday. And then earlier this week, I had this sort of experience, which it, I will try to shorten what wound up happening, but um, I made some friends IRL that I rather enjoy a lot and I have been visiting their house like almost every day because why not and um just a bunch of queer people this house sort of acts as like a almost a de facto like queer center um like where if people who are like um who are queer and down on their luck can sort of stop by this house and like feel feel a sense of community um and while we were there, um, this person came in who, um, just being kicked in the teeth by life, just everything's going like terribly wrong. And like, and like this person's so upset and we're like trying to comfort. And one of the things that we just sort of collectively decided to do, um, this is two trans girls and two trans girls and two gay gay dudes that's just that's who's in the house at this moment in time um so us girls ran out to like well i ran to my car because i had some stuff in my car like some like emergency makeup palettes in my car um <laughs> because of course i have emergency makeup palettes of course i do um and brushes but fine uh and brought that into the house um the other girl went up and found like some of her old clothes from like early stages of her transition. And we did like a little mini makeover for this person. And it was one of those moments of like having this, having this moment of like, having this moment of like during this huge bit of like sorrow, because that's fully where that person was like in at that moment, having that moment of like coming together as a, as a, as a community and helping somebody feel helping somebody be able to feel beautiful in that moment um everybody was crying first and foremost just everybody was sobbing including myself just so much so many tears were shed on that evening um in a very cathartic way it was very it was a very like big feeling moment um and like that that sort of to me made me think back to the moments of queer joy that we saw in episode five. Um, and it made me sort of think like, 
about that scene and what that scene overall meant um and the meaning of it i think overall is just the importance of being able to have that sense of family that sense of belonging that sense of community even if it's a space that you are not quite familiar with because of years of needing to uh, years of like being told that you can't do certain things or whatnot um being able to go to that community and feel feel held and feel comforted is just so that's the reason that like most of episode five didn't fully work for me but that one moment in particular did which is why overall the whole thing works for me but like that specifically was like a just a really really big moment and i I like that that part's there, and I like that that was written in, and I like that it's a thing that they took the time to show us. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah, I'm very excited to see what the show has in store and to see more. There's obviously a ton of, like, narrative and plot things keeping, like, me going. Um, but to, like, really tie a lot of those metaphorical and 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 like brief moment things in and tie it back to the 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 the, like core thesis of the show is like i'm excited to like have more of a of a of a palette to like pull from to understand those better and hopefully it's uh, hopefully not hopefully because the show is what it is and 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 i'm accepting it for what it is in this this context Hopefully it's less scary and I can, you know, focus more on the show and not on uh, the body horror. Body horror is just, it's like they were like, hey, what's what's one thing that 30-year-old Ronnie, um, you know, he's gotten over a lot of his fears over the years. What's a thing that he still really struggles with? Body horror? Yeah, let's make this show uh, really uh, fixated around body horror. So Ronnie specifically can feel attacked. Um <laughs> all about me this this entire show is all about this 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 white person uh from pennsylvania <laughs> um <laughs> oh boy well i mean well <laughs> no no <laughs> i um, think i personally think these next two episodes one of the the first of the two it they're i think you'll really like the next one yeah i i think you will next time we will be watching episode seven and eight uh yep. and we'll uh we'll be back uh val how do we how do we end these episodes uh yeah what's your white woman sona <laughs> oh my god uh, um no uh, no i'm goofing uh this is how we're gonna end them from now on um i think that we should all um uh tell me your favorite book that you've read recently. Don't give don't tell me why it's your favorite book. Just tell me the book and that's it. Mm. I oh god. Uh, Mine? I read Iron Widow. It was good. And I said no You said why? <gasps> Uh, you said why you oh no well i know that's why i said i'm not elaborating it was good sure okay you get to say one sentence 
Violetta by Isabel Allende. One sentence. Absolutely not. Okay. <laughs> not Ronnie? Violetta, that's it. Uh, I've, I've read uh, Sondheim on music, and uh, I don't know enough about musical theory. Okay, and that's how we end these episodes. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, everybody. Where they may radio.